With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, imagine if all your frustrations about advertising your business could be solved right now. You should know that podcast listeners are more engaged in higher converting than any other advertising medium. So try AdHub today and reap the rewards of Spreaker's self-advertising platform. It makes it as effortless as ever to be heard by thousands, regardless of the listening app they use. Visit Spreaker.com forward slash AdHub. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com forward slash AdHub and start using your advertising dollars in an impactful way. La 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 la. Do 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 do. La 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 la. Do 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 do. La 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 la. Do 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 do. La 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 la. Do 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 do. La 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 la. Do 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 do. La 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 la. Do 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 do. It's the day trippers. bit good isn't he and we got the win and that's a bit good isn't it and we look like a team at times again and that's great isn't it in fact we've got two weeks to get Alan Sturridge and Emery Chan fit before we start again so things are looking up tonight we revamp our format primarily because we can't be arsed to do more than one pod per week we'll revisit the week that was and look at the teams that connected the two games there were some we'll discuss the standout performers and we'll assess what we've learned in the week of yet another stupid bloody international break, we have more trippers chats suggested by you, our lovely listeners, reflecting the burning topics on Red's mind. So joining me tonight in the bunker for lots of happy talking, talking, happy talk are Alco Tramp drinking buddy Neil Gray, pub portrait photographer Stephen Daly, Scouse songsmith Ray Brady and founder of the John Glenson Fan for Life Club, Phil Casey. And we'll also be joined on the line by returning guest Jay Riley. Okay, our new signings have been a mixed bag, chaps. Um, two in particular have made the headlines this week. Let's start by discussing the man that many had forgotten, the shorts, stretchingly exciting Adam Lalana. Uh, <laughs> in the midst of some very incessant... In the <laughs> you should see that, lad. Uh, in, in the midst of some very incessant griping about a transfer strategy, just, lad, he seems to have been a bit of a vindication of Roger's eye for a player. Does he not, Steve Daly? Yeah, last two games, um, absolutely. I think he's, I think he's had an excellent impact. It was great to see him get a goal the other day because I think with any new player coming in, just just bagging a goal early in the season gives you that little bit of confidence, takes the weight off your shoulders. And yeah, I, you know, I, I did, I did slay him. You know, I'm not going to lie. I gave out about the price that we paid. No, I, I more so gave out about the price that we paid from than slating the bloke. Um, but with Coutinho gone off the boil, um, you know, he he is that link player that I think we need. Uh, Sterling's not had the greatest few games in the last few weeks as well. Um, and you know, you can't expect everything to come through him. So it's great that Lalana has stepped up. 
and um, has been able to make an impact and I thought he was excellent on uh, on Saturday. That's a very good point there and also interesting that uh, Steve-O mentions Coutinho O'Neill because he's been kind of out Coutinho-ing Coutinho, hasn't he? Lovely touch on the ball, um, very calm in possession. Yeah, well, he was. he's obviously a very good player and I could never understand the consternation before he signed to say that, that he wasn't going to live up to the mark. I mean, you think back, he was shortlisted in the top six players in the player of the year last season. So I think he scored 10 goals last season, which maybe isn't a great return, but you think of the combination with him and Lambert, it was a really good return. And 25 million for him, I think, was a good... Pro- it, was, it was a lot of money, but he, I think he's worth every penny. So I was never in any doubt that he was going to perform and perform very well. He's kind of... He's, He's kind of vindicated me more than that because I've been backing him since the day he's signed. Good so I'm not surprised. I'm not, honestly, I'm not surprised. I'm happy for you. He vindicated you more than Rodgers. <laughs> yeah. I don't Absolutely. really care about Rodgers. <laughs> it's, it's all about me. Steve. So he's saying, let me say he's a round peg and a round hole. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in later on for that one. <laughs> what you mean some of this was pre-recorded? <laughs> no, no, I didn't say that. Uh, Ray, talk me through the, the, the beautiful skill for the goal, um, that little drive back and everything was just gorgeous. God, it was magic. It was absolutely magic. Totally self-made. Mm. I'm, I'm still struggling to find. Well, I don't know what foot he is. What foot? What, genu- genuinely, I haven't a clear. Was he left foot or right foot? Ambi foot. Absolutely unbelievable. The first flick to start with to get a little uh, uh, is, is run on the man, and then uh, nice bit of skill to beat the next man. Lay off back into the box and left foot shot. Very uh, absolutely brilliant. Mm. A super goal. Super yeah, goal. Absolutely. Phil, are you excited? Yeah, look, he got his, he got he got his beard back, and uh, that probably he, he, he seemed to get his power yeah, back. Yeah, he got yeah. his power back with the beard back. Um, I do, I do like look at him, and at times I'm there going, mm, because he he just doesn't look like he has the strength. But fair play to him, he's getting up and down the park. You know, he's he's knocking players around. He's he's able to shield the ball well. He's he's doing all the things you want an attacking midfielder to do. He's playing sort of on the left hand side, which is you know we we talked everyone talked beforehand of saying oh look he, he's best as a ten or whatever, and I thought he probably had his best game against West Brom when coming in off the left hand side, and it's something that we talked about before in that system. He was he was getting into the box. He was attacking from the left wing in. He wasn't hanging out wide, and it gave Moreno the space to operate down the left channel. It just opens up the channel for Moreno to get into. So you know that's that's really encouraging. And as the, as, as Steve said, look with Coutinho a bit off form. Sterling's a bit off form as well. Like Sterling can't can't seem to find his own players with the ball at the moment mm-hmm. he's stood up to the mark himself and Henderson the last two games the, the, the Merseyside yeah. derby um, and this one we've been everyone's been saying well you know it was Hendo from the match or maybe it was Lallana it, it's been neck and neck between them and both of them put in excellent performances in those two games and going back to the, the, the Champions League match where we didn't perform he comes on for 20 minutes and he was a big difference when he came on that was the, that was the moment we actually looked like we might get a goal back and we created everything that went on mm-hmm. so fair play to him he stepped in he's you know he's he, 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 of all the players, he's taken his price tag and just ignored it and just, just delivered it on his, on his performance. He's done what you want from a player that's cost that amount of money. Yeah. And that's come in and not worry about you know what they cost. Yeah. Ultimately, yeah. just there's play no their game. For, for him, there's no, him. there's no baggage with him. There's no baggage with him. That's what it says on the team. Yeah, the English pre- premium that you're supposedly paying for of, of getting a player that knows what to do straight away from the off and no bedding in and period. He's and he's doing it now. And you know, the, 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 from injury, the other yeah. thing is, he puts a run of seven, eight, nine games like this, right? And has a dip in form, which is natural for players to have. You, the likes of Coutinho will be coming back into form at that point. Absolutely. And straight away, nobody's going to be talking about the £25 million price tag no. at the end of the season. No. It'll be forgotten about. It's the perfect thing that Ferguson used to be brilliant <coughs> at. 
getting that 10 games 12 games out of somebody and, and then, then they dropped out and yeah. somebody else came in he's and a they senior got player now run. isn't he all of a Absolutely. sudden yeah I mean that's what, but that's what they paid the money for and that's why I'm not surprised because they paid for a senior player and that's what we got I mean, and he now has a song as well I was though Neil I was very good <laughs> yeah, cool I know he was no, no, yeah. Yeah, you well you're critical by nature I, well I, no yeah no I think I'm a positive person by nature no, I, but yeah. I think I, I, I don't think so I think I would criticise what are you criticising me for no but in fairness right and the criticism was valid you were looking at a guy who's 26, 27, right? We're paying an awful lot of money for him, right? Even though Neil said, like, he scored 9, 10 goals last season, you're saying to yourself, right, we're trying to replace a guy who scored 30 goals for us and, and had 25 assists, do you know what I mean? And you're saying to yourself, is he going to bring it? Now, the one thing I, I what I liked about him and, and what I think he does, what he'll do well in the Premier League is he runs at players. And th- players in the Premier League don't like players running at them. And you can see that when he gets in the ball, he runs, at, the defenders don't know what to do. You're having a clue what way he's going. No. Mm-hmm. And, and that's it. Like, and like when the he hen- gets beyond the, the forward as well, Phil, which is a that's massive, what I'm which is a massive yeah. difference from what I see him from the game of the weekend. Arsenal I mean, he was play. in the box on his own ahead of Lambert or, yeah. or Balotelli, wherever uh, the case is. But I thought you went critical. But like, no, and, you know, it's bringing something, and we need that because, you know, when you look back to the Champions League game, there was that lack of verve in our attacking play, right? You, you, you compare him to another twenty million plus player in Markovic, and you're not seeing the same return from him in terms of performance-wise. And I'm not going. I'm not going to hammer Markovic because I did before, and, yeah, I, and, I've, and I've and I've stood up for it, and I've said it, and I've said stood up to other people when they've said it online and put it to me. But like, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'd rather talk about him because he is delivering, and we want to talk about the players that are delivering because yeah. they're the ones that are going to bring us through the next three, four games and get the points on the board. And you know, if he's able to come on in a Champions League game against the likes of Bal, where you, where you need a performance to come on, he's shown what he's going to be capable of in the next round of games for the Champions League matches, and he'll be a bit of an unknown quantity for the teams that like for Real Madrid. They're not going to look. Adam Lallana is not going to fe- featured on their radar when they come to looking at, at danger players for Liverpool. It's going to be Sterling. It's going to be Sturridge. It's going to be Gerrard. It's going to be Balotelli. And now they have something else that they're going to have to look at when they go to analyse what we're going to do. I was lovely to see him enjoy uh, scoring so much as well. Ray, you, you uh... he had a big vein throbbing <laughs> in his neck. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I just let that one sit. Um, Ray, he wasn't. We needed that. We needed those points. Uh, it doesn't really matter how we achieved them. No, and, we didn't. and I don't think anyone was, was too comfortable. It wasn't an enjoyable watch, let's be honest, that match. But we needed that win. Yeah, that, that's all it was about. It's, it's just it's, the word crisis was, was starting to get bandied yeah. around. Yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's, it, it, three points was vital. Um, the first 10 minutes, I actually thought we were, we, we looked like we were playing at that bit of pace that's been lacking out of the team. And then it just, it dulled down a bit the yeah. atmosphere at Anfield like a church again very very quiet and you were expecting things so from that point onwards I went away from thinking hoping that we were going to hammer them in to get three points doesn't matter how if it goes mm-hmm. in off someone's arse off a free kick I don't care three points so yeah. job done job done go go away for the break and tails up and it, confidence is back. it fair to say that this break is now more of a almost like a godsend then because yeah. it gives us a chance to get Chan back to get Alan back to have storage in decent nick. Mm-hmm. This is this is uh, regrouping time, most definitely, and and get the boys back. Good, um, like you say, Alan and storage, predominantly. Um, God, who knew we'd miss Joe Allen as much as we have, you know? But mm. yeah, this is it now. Three points in the bag, a slight bit of confidence, and get the new lads back in and start working on the system. And momentum, one in a row. <laughs> yeah, one in a row. Hey, yeah. It's better than none in a row, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Too, too many times in the last twelve months, I think we've we've been regretting the fact that there was a, an international break coming along yeah. and now we're in a situation whereby we're saying it is the perfect time for us just mm-hmm. to, to get that three points and just say right okay let's settle everything down let's let's get our shit together now and, and, and regroup and I think 
we're talking about the different things. I think uh, you know we only saw a bit of him during preseason, but I think Emery Chan will will be a massive addition to that midfield. We're talking about how we miss Joe Allen. I I, I genuinely don't see that. I don't see the need. I think we're missing the Coutinho of last season more than we're missing Joe Allen. Mm. That's being honest with mm. you. That's that's actually what I feel. I think if we still had uh, Coutinho, Hendo, and and uh, Gerard and, and Sterling playing to us. Well, no, Gerard, Hendo, and, and Coutinho because yeah. it was it was Sturridge, Sterling, and and Suarez mm. in the top three with Coutinho dropping. In I just mean in terms field. of form. Oh yeah, sorry, yeah. Ter- yeah, but I just mean in that middle three. I don't think I think we miss a player yeah. there, not necessarily Joe Allen. We miss a player with legs, with the ability to get in around a player with legs. Yeah, yeah. And, and and listen, Steve, prerequisite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you sign a player, you should <laughs> yeah. always go for the players yeah. with legs. As as a resident, really them slugs never made it, <laughs> <laughs> except Turbo. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking turbo. I'm trying to think of another scenario. I'm going to think of another an entire movie with every character named. Nobody remembers anybody but Turbo. It was the only one. And his mates. By the way, he was a fucking snail. He wasn't a slow guy. He was a snail. He was a slug with a gap. <laughs> he was a posh, a posh slug. He was a veteran slug. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. What, Steve, oh, I was actually going to ask you about something semi-sensible. Yeah. And, uh, I want this on this part. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to draw the conversation back to Balotelli. Um, yeah. it, it, look, after the Champions League struggles, um, we had him being called no Clapatelli here by some smart bollocks on my left. Um, then he gets benched against, against West Brom. Um, what did you make of his response to being benched when he came on and, 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 and how did you think he looked and was there any kind of was there any kind of sign that he was responding no not really you didn't think no, so I, I didn't think a huge amount I think what you get you know what you see is what you get with Mario Balotelli and benching him finding him it doesn't matter to him I, I just unfortunately don't think that that's the way to to approach an issue with him I don't know what is the way to approach an issue with him but he's just one of those fellas that doesn't respond I can imagine him when he was fucking eight you know what I mean him getting (laughs) given out to in school for not being you know doing his maths homework and I'm sitting there not giving a fuck standing in the corner I still don't give a fuck and I'm not doing my maths homework tonight you know whatever it may be I just that's his demeanour that's his way of being I do think we'll see a lot more from him when Sturridge is back yeah, and that's when we'll benefit from him as a player. I think that's when we can actually um, start to judge him because trying to play him—it's not his fault that he can't play the role that Daniel Sturridge plays for us and the way we're set up. But that's management's fault for not having a like-for-like player to come in, knowing that Sturridge is going to miss fifteen games a season. So but, I know that's what what Remy was lined up for yeah. because he was a very similar player. But that means that Remy and Balotelli should have been bought. And if not Remy, why didn't we have a backup for Remy? You know what I mean? If Remy was our thought process, why did we not have a backup contingency? For him? Well, I'm, yeah. I'm not so much worried about you know. Well, I'll put it this way: I think the most interesting part of the came out, came out of the game on Saturday, and would have been interesting how we done it against Bale on the, the previous Wednesday, was when Brendan Rodgers finally put Stephen Gerrard back into that attacking uh, midfield role. 
Um, and then Balotelli looked like like he knew the balls to play to get the best out of Balotelli. Like if mm. all of a sudden mm. he becomes a threat. He's he's playing. He, he he knows how to spin a player on the edge of the box and he's getting in and he's getting shots away. And it's it's interesting that even Brendan Rodgers recognised it and saying, look, I, I I put him in there. And and sometimes with Rodgers, and I know we're coming on to it next. You know, Rodgers sort of stumbled into Coutinho playing in the centre midfield yeah. last year because of injuries when when we came up to play against Arsenal and Everton that time. And then all of a sudden, you know. Because of he wasn't able, because the players the Sterling and Coutinho etc weren't able to get Balotelli into the game, he's forced to put Steven Gerrard into that position on the pitch, and all of a sudden, does 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 you know the, the light comes on and goes, hang on a second, maybe just maybe, I Steven Gerrard can offer something here if we want to use the four two three one system that he's used primarily this season, maybe I need to put Steven Gerrard in there. And you say Sterling, yeah, you Sterling as 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 my right sided sort of part of of the tree. Use Lallana, Coutinho, whoever it is, as the left sided side because they're going to come in and they're going to attack from the wings. As we were talking, they're going to get into the box and become an auxiliary forwards. And he, Gerard will prompt Balotelli to get the best out of him if we're missing storage. And even with storage back, like uh, you know, I said it, I said it on the radio show, which is out this week as well. You know, all of a sudden you're thinking to yourself, Stephen Gerard. And Torres, Steven Gerrard, and Sturridge in that position, it could be you know it could be brilliant. Like I'm, I'm thinking like the the season that Gary Mack had for us, you know, as he was coming towards the end of his career. There's no reason why Steven Gerrard can't do the same level of prompting from that number ten position because he doesn't have the responsibility to cover and cover ground as a defensive midfielder. It just becomes an, another string again back in our bow, which maybe had been forgotten about for a couple of years that Brendan didn't seem to want to go. I think there. it could be an excellent option because if teams have realised that with Gerard as the deep line playmaker, that if you put the pressure on him quickly, it nullifies or at least reduces the impact that he can have on a game as was proved yet again by Aston Villa a couple of weeks ago, um, Everton just didn't do it. Don't know why, because Martinez plays a high-pressing game, but they just never did it to us, and, and neither did West Brom with him, really. But what I'm saying is, being able to bring Gerrard into that position may just open up something a little bit different, whereby, yet again, they don't really know how to deal with the qualities that Steven Gerrard brings to the team. And I would agree with you on that, but we can't do that with Lucas and Henderson. You can't no, do that for 90 but, minutes. But, no, I know what you're saying, but I'm saying it's a great option when Allen comes back or when Chan is back. And you, if you want to play Henderson and Chan or Henderson and Allen as that two in the 4 2 3 1, yep. then it gives you great mobility in those two lads. Uh, you know, and I think Henderson can, to an extent, play that screening role in, in, in that two. Um, but, but with Chan there as well, being able to dictate what's going on, I think it could be Neil, massive. what do you, what do you think about that idea of, uh, as players return and there are more options and we don't have to play uh, square pegs and round holes, that we will have um, the op- option to put Stevie up in a more advanced role like thought he was in midweek in the Champions Well, League. I don't think that uh, Gerard moving up a bit further forward, um, I don't think the option ever went away. It's just the fact that the, our current forward players are forward advancing, attacking midfielders just aren't performing. So it's probably more of a, a bit of a damning indictment on the on the form of everybody involved that we have to go back to the old reliable Stephen Gerrard to bail us out yet again. Mm. I mean, it's... <clears throat> He didn't though bail us out on Saturday because we already scored before that had happened. Yeah, fairness. But, we're from, from to, the but, but a point we're all trying to make here is now if we're ever stuck against you, we'll just take Stevie from where he is and stick him up front, and he'll get someone a goal. But and 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 then you say put him in beside Mario Balotelli because he knows the passes. But uh, he's the only one that can play the ball to Balotelli. I'm not having that. I don't. I don't agree with it, and I don't agree with it from the point of view that. Maybe Steven Gerrard is the only one with enough skill to pass the ball to somebody who's standing still. 
I mean, if Balotelli isn't going to, is, can't make himself available for a simple pass off another, off any one of the other midfielders apart from Steven Gerrard, there's a fundamental, there's a deeper lying problem with Balotelli than, than just than just answering the the Balotelli question. Well, what is sticking it? Stevie beside him? What is what is the problem? What is the problem with mm. Balotelli? I think he's. He's he's a flawed personality, and but I think we knew that before we signed him. I mean, he hasn't just because he signed for Liverpool doesn't mean he's going to turn into a world beater and he's going to go and he's going to be hugging everybody and and being the best player in the league and fulfilling the potential the potential everybody says he has just because he has a liverboard on his chest. That was never going to happen. We knew what we got. It was a panic buy. We have to accept where we are. I mean, he's a centre forward. His his one sole job is to score a goal. At some stage, I mean, if he plays, if he has plays crap for eighty nine minutes and he scores a goal in the ninetieth minute, all of a sudden everybody says he's had a good game, and he's not even he's not even bringing that to the team. Mm. And we're kind of now we're giving him another excuse. Now I don't feel like I'm hating him here, but anyway, hating on him a little, as they say. Mm. I, and who now we're giving. That? I don't know who they say. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot them now. <laughs> but uh, I think and now we're no giving one him, has ever said that in here. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I think we're giving him another excuse now, saying he's going to get you. Oh, listen, Sturridge will be back soon, and then he'll and then he'll come good. I mean, yeah. how many excuses do we need to? I give don't him? think that's an excuse, though. I think if, if you go back to the sports game and you see how well the two of them linked exactly. up, yeah. mm. exactly. God, he's a player. That's what I he was 16 million Jesus his reputation was bigger than he was as a player I wasn't expecting miracles he was never a world beater on the pitch I don't see the problem with the goal the system we're playing there's not many strikers who will be getting goals at the minute with the, with the way we're playing at the minute I think everyone's being extremely harsh on him if, in my opinion I'm not. I've, I've never seen never seen him walking as hard I as am. he is now Never. Yeah, when yeah. any games I've ever seen him for, he's chasing back. He's 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 running his bollocks off for the team, and and I'm, I would not, not the fella. When I see him, I seen him playing with storage against Bowes. He looked brilliant. Had a couple of chance, could have had a hat trick that day. Um, self created a goal there against Leo de Gretz. It, I, I'm, I'm just he's 16 I think everyone's expecting it to another Luis Suarez. It was never going to be that. But he's an he's an all right striker, and I think we'll see much more of him. When Sturridge is back with a two I, I up front, I don't know what sixteen million has to do with it though, Ray, because Sturridge was a twelve million pound. Well, okay, player. well, mate, right, what you I'm sort of focusing on, I think, by the fact that people are being overcritical of him, it, it, as though he was some world superstar and one of the best strikers in the world, and he never was that. He was just an okay striker, and he, I, that's I all he is. And I don't think, uh, I, I think he'd struggle to, to. To I don't know who you'd pick out in this in in the, the way Liverpool are playing at the minute that you you'd end up saying we'd be getting goals. But like, does but this is see here's my problem. You, uh, Neil said he was a panic buy. The mm. fact that he was a panic buy is an absolute disgrace. You know, we sold the third best player in the world. Let's mm-hmm. call him that. And our options were to buy attacking midfielders rather than to replace a uh, world you know class absolutely astounding striker mm-hmm. with a striker. Yeah. We didn't do it, so we we were left at the end to to find somebody to fill the void. Our our option to replace Luis Suarez was to buy Ricky Lambert, and nothing else. And it was it was it was poor on that side. Let, let's let's talk about Ricky Lambert. No, <laughs> let's talk about Ricky. I think, Lambert. I, I think uh, it's, it's nothing very, positive is going to come from us. No, talking uh, about Ricky uh, the thing. <laughs> well, we we have to. We have to. I know we have to talk about him, right? But there's there's, there's a level of harshness, and something that Steve has said there, right? That we bought, we sold Luis Suarez and Ricky Lambert was the replacement, right? I don't, and I think fundamentally this is where our transfer strategy is a bit weird, right? I think we we sold, we bought Ricky Lambert as an addition to the strike force we had. Brendan Rodgers has said himself 
that uh, you know he would have liked to hold on to Luis Suarez. And I think if you have Suarez storage and you have Lambert, then as, the as, as a third prong, yeah. that's you know you can that that's fine, right? Now we've got to a position where we you're right. We saw Luis Suarez, and we don't seem to have had the foresight to have the centre forward that we wanted come in, right? And I'm not bu- I'm, I'm not buying the thing. Oh, you know. We knew as it got close to the end of the window, we were struggling for who we can get in and the whole lot, right? They knew back in June, when the World Cup was going on, that Luis Suarez was heading out the door, right? They, there seems to be an ongoing talk that this was happening before this and that the clubs knew it because if there was a bio clause in his contract, surely the club knows if there's a bio clause in his contract and it's whatever price it's set at, that if one of the big clubs in Spain come in from him and he wanted to go the previous year and they put the money down on the table... He's gone this time. So always had a backup. Plan but but this this is what I'm saying. So there, yeah. there should have, there should have been a plan that says right if Luis Suarez, who's a world class centre forward, is going out the door and we're getting X million, right? If our if our plan is to sign Lalana Markovic um, as attacking options to replace the goals and assists that we're going to be that we're going to miss from losing Luis Suarez, and then bringing in another forward, that other forward should have been at the top echelon level. It should have been somebody special, and like I, I would, I would rather have not spent the twenty million on uh, Lazar Markovic and pen, and spent thirty six million on a world class centre forward. Of course, but that's uh, that's me makes like more what sense. Chelsea did, but uh, not centre forwards, but Fabregas as well, an no, example. That's what cost. Yeah, but that's what they did. But like, I, they I, needed a I know, I, I know, I know. There's, there's there's the whole thing about identifying targets and stuff like that, right? But you, if you've thirty six million in, in in your pocket, right? You're going to get a top level centre forward, and I still like. And I, I was harsh on Markovic last week when I was talking about. It, but the, the thing about it, I keep looking at it saying, if you put all the money that we spent on Balotelli and Markovic together, and you spend it on one centre forward, and we've already got Suso and we've got Ibi, and you know who we've sent out on loan, I don't think what Markovic brings to the team this season, and that's been fair, and I'm, I'm not, I'm, that's not writing them off or anything, right? But I think what he brings this season would outweigh what you would do if you'd signed a 30, 30 to £35 million pound centre but, forward. But think about it this way. Why, as a club, if we were in second place and we wanted to take that next step to being a, a title winner, did we not have a top-class centre forward lined up to complement Luis Suarez and Sturridge not, rather than Ricky Lambert? I think we're arguing you know? more or less the same point. Well, no, we are. We are just two different angles, I'm not, like, not even arguing with you. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just making yeah, yeah, uh, wasn't an Sanchez observation. That, wasn't Sanchez that man? No, because left, you know how do you, how do you not know? Wanted to shop in Harrods. How do you well? You know? How do you not know that he doesn't want to come in advance? That's poor planning. Fair enough, Ethan. You know it's uh, but what I can't you know I can't understand if he is your primary target. If he is the player that you feel is going to be the man to replace Luis Suarez, why are you relying on Ian Eyre to do the lads, job? Lads, let's focus. Let's focus on the players that we have here. And I started off by talking about Ricky Lambert. And we look the reason I, wa- I wanted to bring up Ricky Lambert. Is I think most of us are having the same feelings as we watch him. Maybe. Maybe you, you can counter, counteract that or maybe you've got a different opinion. But you watch this kid and you want so badly for him to do well and you have a level of patience with him and that's mixed with incredible frustration at the complete ineffectiveness of him. Is that fair? I don't want him to do any better than I want any other player. No, no, that's not that. my point. My point is... But I'm not willing him to do well. I'm just willing whoever is in that well. striker position yeah. to, to score goals. So uh, what I mean by that is, okay, for example... It's a funny one. Markovic, I want him to justify his price tag. Okay, I don't give a shit if Ricky, Ricky Lambert never plays another game for the club. I genuinely don't care. Mm. That's my honest opinion. I'm glad I came to you first on this. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm serious on that. Like, I, I just don't, I don't see how he was 
a smart option for a club. There's no way that Man United, uh, Chelsea, Man City, Arsenal, any of them were going to buy somebody of the ilk of Ricky Lambert this summer. There's no upgrade on what we had. He's no better than Aspas was. So I don't see what the point in buying him was. Mm. There was there was no benefit to it, and it, it angers me because I wanted to see us progress this summer. And whilst we've brought in a lot of players, and some of them may turn out to be good players, and I know Dave, you know, constantly believes that they will all turn out to be good players, and that's fair enough to him. Um, you know, but my point is that we should have been buying. Our approach should have been for two or three that were really going to make the difference, and then supplement the the squad from there. Well, uh, Ray, is it fair to say that the struggles that maybe he's having is uh, as a result of, we mentioned earlier on, Phil Coutinho not at the top of his game, um, Raheem Sterling not at the top of his game. Is is it a, a direct result of that and a lot of other things that you're not seeing the ball pinging around at, at Lambert's feet and him maybe getting a goal, a scrappy goal here or there because the movement uh, and Aysen is effective because it's slower, because it's more methodical. Yeah, well, the, you could it's it's you could go either way in it and you don't know whether that slow build-up play is, is to do with Ricky being up the up up, yeah. up top end yeah. as well. If, um, look, yeah, yeah, like I'd be the same as you, Trev. I'm looking looking and hoping for him to do well. I don't know why. It's just you know, maybe it is the romantic story. I don't know. Is it because he's the same age as the two of you? Yeah, well, he's much Possibly, younger than me. Yeah. Possibly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I found myself hoping. But I mean, he just looks out of his depth. There's no, there's no two ways. He just looks out of his depth. Mm. I struggle to to, to 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 see the pluses and. Um, you know, we are saying bang balls into the box. See, well, that Wolf McQuillow was, was crossing the ball a hell of a lot, and it, it's just, it's not happening. He's slow off the pace. I even slagged there on Twitter there the other day. He was even slow getting over for the celebration. <laughs> After goals, he was last man over and looked at old Brett running over to get him. He just, yeah. look, he looks like something out of the Lens Senior League, you know? Yeah, yeah, he really yeah. looks out of pace there. Yeah, it's, it's not going as well no. at the minute. Um, Neil. Talk to me about, about Phil Coutinho and about Raheem Sterling and how quickly you think things are going to turn around for the two of them because we do need it to happen for at least one. Um, well, it's, it's take Sterling first, I suppose. I know it's a perennial excuse for a young lad, a teenager, but he, he still has that. He still is only 19 and he's going to have peaks and troughs. He's played an awful lot of football. He's all of a sudden for his national team for England. He seems to be the main man. He's the main man at Liverpool now as well. It's a lot of weight to carry on young shoulders, I would have said. Mm. So he was bound to have a little dip in form. I'm not overly concerned by it. He'll come back. He'll come back to. He'll come back to form. But maybe he needs a little a little spell out of the team. Maybe I suppose might help him. I don't. I I don't know what the answer or how we how I tell. I don't know how soon he's going to return to form. But he certainly will return to form because he has all the credentials. Yeah. So yeah. it's not really a worry. And Coutinho. Again, I don't know, he seems to, I think he's just the type of footballer that plays in sports, for want of a better term. Mm. He seems to, play, it's like he's, he always seems to be very good at the beginning of a game. <laughs> and then drifts off, and then he's good at the beginning of the second half and drifts off again. He comes in and out again. But at the same time, he's, he's trying to play the pass, he's the man who's trying to play the killer pass all the time. Mm. So he's going to lose possession more than the other midfielders, and it's and getting back to Balotelli again. It's very difficult when there's no movement in front of him. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's all about the sports, isn't it? Well, it I was is just wondering, was sports, that playing yeah. in sports or playing and sports? <laughs> I don't know, stay well. <laughs> I was just talking here, man. After, Lallana, after Lallana scored his goal, you can't be sure. <laughs> Steve-O, uh, um, one more topic I want to chat about. Can I just say, just on the two lads? Oh, that please do, yeah. Sterling no, please do. yeah go ahead, go ahead, I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not in the slightest bit worried about either of them. Oh, I, no. think, I think with Sterling, a, a goal is all it will take. It will just take him skipping by a full-back sticking one in and all of a sudden the zip will come back in it's it's silly zip. little stuff that zip zip will come back in just like turbo um, just like turbo <laughs> turbo <isn't> is zip <laughs> um, no I think it will I think it will There's they're, they're tiny little things that are wrong and because everything's not going great for us at the moment it's accentuated because everybody's looking to him to do it for us make us win again Raheem is, is, the, is the thought process behind most people and you know he's entitled to have a bad game the same as anybody else is it's up to his other it's up to the other lads on the pitch to, to bail him out in that situation the game he's not having a great one as as Neil said there on Coutinho he is he is a player that fits and sports um, okay. and um, you know from that point of view um, he, he will have his good you know periods and he'll have his periods when he's down and that's that is the good thing about having the Lana there now is right. that you do have an option right well look uh, stay, stay, stay with me there for a minute because I want to move yeah. on like at the last the last t- thanks man because <laughs> it's reassuring uh Talk to me about Hendo and how 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 high him. how high is your level I of man? Love I fucking love uh, but, him. But look, did you see in the in the the the, the, the getting of the the winning goal uh, in in actually Bollock and Gerrard for not taking the ball up to the corner and wasting time? Is there sort of a batting passing moment going on there? Like is he is he stepping right up now? I'm delighted to see it because we made the comment and and I made the comment last season a few times that he only seemed to step up to the plate properly when Gerard went off. Yep. You know, and now we're actually seeing him doing it for ninety minutes and it's brilliant to see. Mm. Um and I can't wait for him to, to become the captain of Liverpool. Yeah. I genuinely can't. I love that man. You, I, I, man he's my nice. favourite player at Liverpool. In now. the world. Is he your favourite player, Phil? Where? In Liverpool. At the moment? Yeah. Still John Barnes fan, isn't it? It's great seeing him. It's it's great seeing him. It's not yeah. lovely seeing yeah. him. Yeah. It's great seeing him. Tweet him that. Tweet him. It's great seeing you. It's great seeing you. It is. And it's it's not just great seeing him, but it's great seeing him. It's absolutely great. When when you think about not seeing him. It makes you unhappy. It does. And then when you see him, it makes you happy. You feel great. Well, I tell you yeah. what, in and all honesty, the, the other thing was, when it's squad, he's, probably, <laughs> he's probably the only player at the moment that's undroppable. Of the entire squad. Has been for a while, I think, yeah. Yeah, but I'm just saying, yeah. you look at from one to two, 50. Two, 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 like, he didn't Thanks, have Hazard. the bestest game in the Champions League. Like no. he has, he's had Nobody like has. like the rest of the team. He's been he has had his down moments, which mm. is very on Henderson, mm. you know, in comparison to what we see in say last season. But that's just the way things are going at the moment. But it's great to see the the mental fortitude in him, you know, to put in that performance coming off the back. Moral courage, <laughs> commitment. <laughs> <laughs> but there, it is because you know even the goal. There was a there was an element of maturity in the finish. It wasn't just you a whack. Just read my mind. Yeah, it wasn't. It, it wasn't. It, was, it, wasn't <laughs> it wasn't just a whack. It was a lovely cushioned pass into the corner, yeah. and it was like there was a big rah yeah. about the goal. It was like it was just it was that what moment. Was there? It was, what just, was there? It was like a rah. <laughs> 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 the line. <laughs> and, 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 and it was it was lovely to see it because you know between himself and Lalan, like the, for the two of them to score, mm. you know, because even in the derby, it was the two of them. 
you know, charging. They were they had they were carrying the flag into rawr. battle. Rawr. Rawr. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, to, that to me is a good sign because when you have players who are, you know, the opponents must have been terrified. But to see to see that being delivered, you know, you know, again, you're looking for other leaders. You're looking for other people on the team. Yeah, you want to, them to stand yeah, up, to be leaders, right? And you're looking at our young players, the, the likes of Moreno and Manquillo. They've been leading from in the back of, of, of all our back four those two players have been the leaders in the back and you mm. wanted our centre backs and our goalkeepers to be the leaders our full backs have been the leaders there and then you look into midfield and Henderson's been the leader there and since Lallana has got into the team he's been the leader in the attack right and that's what you're seeing you're seeing a progression of leaders through the team and that's that's great to see because it's and it's it's the you know with the exception of Lallana they are the young players that are in that side and it also gives something when Sterling gets we know when Sterling comes back to form he's prepared to, to you know to take it by the balls and, and go with it and he'll give a rar and and then when you also, <laughs> and then and then Coutinho as well. We know he's more than capable of giving. Rars. He gave loads of rars last yeah, year, and he's going rars all over the shop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great to see you, Jordan. <laughs> Great to see you, man. I am Lou Schwari. You are listening to Trippers Chat with Trev. <laughs> okay, I suppose we'll have a little chat about Raheem Sterling and his contract situation. Jay, what can you tell us about the way things are at the moment? And uh, is it a worry? Do you think? I don't think it's a worry at all. I mean, obviously, it's, it's something that's been in the pipeline for quite a while now, along with a few of the other players as well. I mean, obviously, Daniel Sturridge has just recently signed a new contract and the likes of Henderson and Coutinho and Flanagan are all in the pipeline as well as Sterling. Um, but obviously, because he's a top talent, there's always like the, the type of Real Madrid's and all that sniffing around. But what people have got to realise is he's only 19 years of age, so... I think he's a grounded lad and, and I think he's loving his, his time at Liverpool and his, the opportunities that he's getting. So I, I'm pretty sure it'll be fine. And I've seen reports where people are saying he's going to get 100 grand a week and stuff. Um, I'm not too sure it'll be that high because I think what will happen is with many deals now, it's all incentive-based. Um, so he'll obviously get a, you get a basic wage and then it'll be the be incentives on top of that, which might take it up to the hundred grand a week mark. But I think some of the the, the reports are a bit far fetched. Yeah, Phil, it gets us jumpy, doesn't it? When we, especially in the back of losing such a wonderful player, that we hear about this guy who's our real shining light. Anything at all like that just gets fans jumpy, doesn't it? Yeah, sell him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, I suppose we, 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 the, the worry here is that he's so good, right? Mm. That if the worst happened and we didn't make Champions League this year, you'd be scared shitless that he'd be gone in the summer. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, a big bid will come in and they'll say, right, he'll say he can't turn it down with two years left in his contract. The club will say, right, he's at the max value we can get unless he signs a new contract. He won't sign a new contract. All the things that happen, say, with McManaman and Owen comes know, back yeah. to mind when you're thinking about things like that. So, I think it's good that the business, the, the club are, are, are opening the negotiations now, which is before it gets around to the automatic. I think, Jay, am I right? The, the 90 appearance or something, he, he had a, a clause in it where he was guaranteed he could... Um, come in and renegotiate the contract at that stage so they're starting it early with him um, and hopefully they can get it done fairly quickly like I, 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 to me honestly I don't care how much they pay him because he's that good mm, that's my point there's nobody better at the club so you, 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 no. you, you automatically sort of freeze when you yeah I know and, and like when you think about it like we, the big earners we, we took big earners off the, off the wage bill 
over the summertime and, and Agar went and Reina went and Suarez himself went. You know what I mean? So mm. if you're going to have top players at your club, at some point you're going to pay top wages. And given that Raheem Sterling is one of the best young players in Europe, the world... Europe the world. Europe the world. Europe the world. Europe's in the world. Europe the people. I do the songs around here. But yeah, like you know, pay him. Yeah, pay him. Pay him all the money. Yeah, pay all the money. Pay the man, Steve. Oh, it's not our money. So you just you happy throw it at him? It is our money. That's what like everything. It's not your money. It's the money I pay. When I put, well, put his, his LFC fans membership, that 15 quid yeah. a year he yeah. pays towards mm. that, you know, that's a big part of Raheem's contract. <laughs> yeah. um, no, my, my thinking would be like, I suppose from a business point of view, I would think make a massive improvement on what he's on at the moment, yeah. but don't pay him at the top end. And the reason for that being leave a little bit of wiggle room for yourself when somebody inevitably does come in. You ah, know what I mean? Hard so, business. So, Get him in 85, 90 grand a week. Mm. You leave yourself still open to pay him 120, 130 when he's progressed over the next two or three years. He's still only 22 at that stage. Mm. You've got to leave yourself wiggle room. Get for, him on the board. Get and, him on the transfer and, committee. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't do much fucking worse than what's there by the sounds of it. But, um, so that would be my thinking on it. But the truth of it is, it doesn't matter. Okay, it's important we get him down on a contract. Mm. Okay, regardless of what it is, it's important we get him locked down to a contract. But the truth is, we still are not a financial powerhouse. So if, you know, Bayern, Barca, Madrid want him, mm. they'll get him. So we have to steel ourselves to that uh, ongoing possibility. If he plays as well as he's going to play and we hope he will, everyone's going to want him. We're in a position now whereby if we create the best players in the world, we're inevitably going to lose them. Yeah. And until we're winning the league and, you know, absolutely each year not worrying are we going to make the Champions League, but instead saying to ourselves, are we going to compete in the Champions League? That's when we can start holding on to our best players. Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying we have to be a feeder club because really there's only three or four clubs in the world that you'd be worried. Like Juventus come in, you can tell them to fuck off. You know what I mean? They don't have the financial power to, to do it. Um, but Barca... From, I don't even know about PSG because the French league is shit. So, mm. you know what I mean? You might just get away with hanging on to him there if you're genuinely, you know, a competitor in the premiership. But yeah. I think until we're at the point whereby we're winning the league um, and qualifying and, and competing in the Champions League every year, that's when you can start saying to Suarez, you don't need to go anywhere. You don't need to go anywhere. Sterling or whoever it may be is, is our quality player at that time. Yeah. Uh, another very, very strong uh, story stroke potential reality that's going on at the moment is Victor Valdez to Liverpool um, what's the situation there Jay as far as you're aware is the deal close I heard some interesting rumours this evening about it being close to being done yeah at the weekend apparently uh, his representatives were at the game and obviously uh, Rogers was, was asked the question wasn't he if there's any news on it and he seemed to be a little bit mystified by it he's always like keeping playing it down a little bit trying to be mm. coy about it but um I think it's evident to see, isn't it, that Liverpool do need a new goalkeeper. I think Mignolet's form has been very patchy. and People have said numerous times about him, haven't they, that, yeah, he's not a bad shot stopper, but he doesn't command his box enough and he's not good with the ball at his feet and he doesn't really instil confidence in the defenders in front of him. So I think it, it is one of them situations where Valdez has obviously been a top goalkeeper and he's, he's very experienced as well. And he was all set, wasn't he, to go to Monaco and then he got that bad injury at the back end of last season at Barcelona and obviously they, they pulled out of the deal for him. So 
it's just all about proving his fitness, really. And and to be honest with you, I'm not really sure what way we'll go because when you think about it, because he's had such a bad injury, it may, maybe it's a case of we'll get him on a short-term deal and then see, assess it again in the summer um, and whether or not we'll give him a proper deal. And I'm not too sure. But like I say, he's not going to come here on peanuts, is he? So ultimately, he's going to he's going to be on decent wages. So. At this moment in time, he's got to prove his fitness. And I think it's getting closer because, obviously, they said around the end of October time. Um, so, so, like I say, I think it's a work in progress for now. Yeah. Um, Ray, how is Simon Minier feeling with this floating around the background? And what does it do to him? Hopefully, shit. Um, I've, I've, I've been biting my tongue and hoping he'd, he'd turn it around. But I, I at the, the West Ham game, I'm sorry, that's it now. He'd, that was a straw that broke the camel's back for me. Now. Really? I've, I've had enough of the guy now. Yeah, I've zero confidence in the fella at all. Yeah. I thought he'd done okay on, on the weekend, but no, no, he just not for me. No, no confidence whatsoever. Every cross into the box, you're scared. Every one on one, you're scared. I can, I'm struggling to think of his plus points. People say shot stop, and that's a, a gimme for a goalkeeper. I don't. I think every fan of every club would tell you that keeper is a good shot stopper. I think that's part of being a keeper. You want everything else that goes along with it. And Mingle for me is gone. Sorry. Do you not think it's a combination of a few things like the very shaky? lad set up in front of him and the fact that you know there is this threat in the background is, is not a couple of things combining possibly but I've, I've, as I say this has gone on since he saw him with me so it's, I, I couldn't mm. even signal that out I, I, he's he just I, I, I'm, I'm struggled to see his plus points like to people as I've said already the shot stopping thing is just it's it's a no go for me there's mm. other stuff I just there's, uh, there's no confidence I don't feel for one second that he's got this covered it's you know it's it, there's I'm struggling to think of his plus points. He has you nervous. Yeah. N- Neil, are you excited about Valdez arriving? Um, no, not particularly. You're not? I think it's just replacing like for like. Um, <clears throat> Valdez is very unorthodox in everything he does. Um, he's not exactly a commanding goalkeeper from what I can remember him playing anyway. He's not. He wouldn't be what you might. He wouldn't be akin to a Peter Schmeichel or safe hands. Neville Southall comes to mind as well. And Pat Jennings, believe it or not, which is going Good way Lord. back. Oh. Good Lord. Yeah. Have you forgotten like the whole nineties and started in nineties and the whole going into South on and No, but like they're the ones that spring to mind and he's not gonna he's not gonna be a, a goalkeeper that's come out and come out and catch crosses. He's very unorthodox and so you're just replacing like for like. I think it's more panic buy or more panic buying or trying to square peg in a round hole is another phrase that comes to mind. But, um, That's a good one, I like that one. Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> I have it written on the back of my hand here. Well, you were going to use it, just put that in somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, but I don't think it's going to solve our problems. I think the problem should have been solved in the summer, and this is just more panicking. What um, do you think of that shot? Well, it was a square peg in the round hole. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's, that's delightfully gloomy from Neil there. What, uh, Phil, what, what's your take on Valdez coming out? Delightfully honest, Trevor, I think. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, look, I, you know, I, I don't have an issue with unorthodox goalkeepers. Um, never have. Having been one. <laughs> <laughs> but I, no, seriously, and, and the thing for me is that, look, if Valdez comes in, he ticks three of the four boxes you want in what we consider a Brendan Rodgers style goalkeeper right he's very good at stopping shots now he, he's not going to catch shots whatever but he'll stop them right mm. he commands his box not in terms of airily but he's, he's, he plays high in his box so he's up at the edge of his 18 yard box he pushes his centre backs out because he plays high a bit like Reina did when he, when, when he was at top form and he also distributes the ball very quickly and very effectively now you put those three things in you can probably live with the fact that he'll never catch a cross ever Right, he punch, he comes to punch everything. The best comparison I can think of is his Jens Lehmann. 
And Lane, Jesus Christ. No, and see, no, this is why everyone says Jesus Christ. Jens Lehmann was the goalkeeper for Arsenal when they went on beating in the season. Jens Lehmann was very unorthodox, but he was very effective as a goalkeeper for Arsenal. They got to a Champions League final with him. They won leagues with him. You mightn't have liked what he did on the pitch, but what he did was he won games with him. And Val- Victor Valdez will win games for us. Would he be my choice for long-term Liverpool goalkeeper? No. But at the moment, would he potentially be better than what Mignolet can bring to the team? And I'm not talking about Mignolet's good qualities. I'm talking about the overall package. Then yes, I think he will. He also brings one thing that Mignolet can't and something that's lacking in the defence, as I said earlier on. He's going to be an old head in that back four. Right? Mm. You've got, if you look at potentially a Sacco, Lovren, Moreno, Manquillo defence, right? not one of them are over 25. Right? Even with Skirtland there, you've only got one player over 25 in that defence. And sometimes you need the experience. You need the knowledge of winning games, of seeing out tight matches where you're winning 1-0 and you don't lose your bottle with two minutes into injury time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's the one thing that Valdez also brings to the defence. And the one thing, he's an organiser, he's a communicator. And I think potentially th- these are all type of things that if you listen to what Brendan Rodgers was talking about in the summer about what he wanted for his defence, it ticks so many boxes. But yes, so many people are going to be annoyed with the way he actually plays in goal, mm-hmm. right? Because he isn't what you would call an orthodox English-style goalkeeper. Steve, that's an interesting point to, to lead on from what Phil's talking about there, <coughs> about the fact that he's, he's going to be unorthodox, but the fact that he probably will play immediately. If he does, what does that do to Simon Mignolet? Because we're going to need Simon Mignolet if we're look, going to progress in the Champions League. He, he, we can't, you know, destroy his confidence. I don't think he's going to play immediately. Okay. I think he'll come in and um, I, I think that basically you'll see the competition for, you know, for Mignolet. Mignolet doesn't have any competition there. He has Brad Jones sitting on the bench every week. You know, and he knows he's not under pressure. He knows he's never, ever going to lose his place to Brad Jones um, at, at this moment in time. Bringing an experienced keeper in, and, and like Phil said, he wouldn't be my first choice either. I never really fancied him when uh, both physically and from a footballing point of view um, when, he was at, when he was at Barca um, Would you go as far as to say that he's a square peg in what we call a round hole? I, I may I may um, that's, an ex- that's an excellent analogy Thanks, and, uh, It just came to me there Now to be fair I've spoken on the pod many many times about a young German keeper called Kevin Trapp <laughs> <laughs> no, no, really? no. <laughs> you won't have heard of him, Phil. <laughs> Who does he play for? Munching glad back. No. But no, in all in all seriousness, I think it's a good signing. I think it's a mm. smart move. I think even silly little things like as as Phil said about an old head in that in that back line, he'll know how to kill a game. And and that's probably what we don't have at the moment in the sense of if we're under pressure, he'll know how to take the sting out of an opposition attack if he gets hold of the ball, be it spraying it out and taking it back off them and spraying it out again and just making their front line work and work and work and tiring them out. If you know if they've got the pressure on, he's an excellent distributor of the ball as well. I will give him that. He's, he's rain-esque in, in the way he can, where he can possibly actually better. start it. To, yeah, but possibly better. I haven't seen, you know, compared to the amount I saw Reina mm. to the amount I've seen Valdez, it's always in the big games really that I'm watching Bar if I'm honest, yeah. you know, yeah. um, or hung over on a Sunday. They're the only two times I ever see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so from that point of view, he does have the ability to start attacks from uh, and with this pace that we have of Sterling and Sturridge, um, and and hopefully, you know, be it be you know, be it a case where Markovic actually does finally get off the mark and and we get to see what 
we you know was supposed to have been bought. Um, I think he'll have the ability to to um, bring them in there from you know bring in the the attacking play straight from the back. Yeah, fair enough, Jay. Would you say that's fair enough? That or would you would you think we're going to see him immediately into action? Um, how do you think that'll go if and when he does sign? I don't think um, he'd be brought in to just go straight into the team because for obvious reasons you've got to prove yourself, haven't you? You know it's. It's one of them. It'd be a bit harsh on Mignolet, even though he hasn't really performed to the, the levels that we really require. But um, I think long-term Valdez will become the number one. But from my point of view, I would like to see how it, how it go till the end of the season. No, I wouldn't be rushing into giving him like a, a two- or three-year deal or anything like that. Um, I, I, to be honest, the keeper that I would like is the Stoke goalkeeper, Begovic. Yeah, yeah. I just think, realistically, when, when we got Mignolet, we also looked at Begovic and there was talk of Manchester City getting them. There was a deal under Mancini, but obviously Mancini lost his job and I think it was about £15 million. And Liverpool went for the cheaper option in Mignolet and it's proved to be the case, hasn't it? Because for me, I think he's been a bit disappointing, to be honest with you. And I know he's still only a young goalkeeper, but Begovic is similar age, isn't he? He's only a few years older, maybe. Yeah. So he'd be my first choice. I mean, obviously you can talk about the top goalkeepers like Manuel Neuer and all them, but Liverpool aren't going to get that by Munich goalkeeper Hardy. So ultimately, you've got to like be sensible about who you want. And I think Begovic should be perfect for us. He, he reminds me a little bit like a Peter Cech style of a goalkeeper. Um, but but as I say, that's for for another another time because we're not even linked to him anymore. And at this moment in time, it's all about Valdez. So. Hopefully, within the next six weeks or so, we, we'll probably get him. Hopefully, Jay, you know with. Like you'll hear things as well that's that's going on, right? I'm always amazed. You know, we've never we never seem to scout the German market now, and I'm I'm big on the, the the idea of German goalkeepers because the range of talent that they have, right? And I know Steve mentioned my my hobby horse, and I've been on it since before we saw Minulay, which is Kevin Trapp. Now the guy is meant to have a four million euro bio clause in his contract at the moment, that's enforceable in the in the January window. Mm. You know, no, with your knowledge, you have. Like, do our scouts seem to only focus mainly on Spain? Because we just seem to buy players from Spain and Port- well, primarily Spain. When you look at where where we're going from, you know what I mean? It's is is there is, is do you have a sense that there may be even if if the players that we sign don't come through at, at a greater percentage in terms of the money that's being spent, will Fallows and Hunter start getting called into question as as to their range of talents and what they're bringing? Because you've said it yourself, some of the selections they make seem to be at odds with what Brendan Rodgers wants, even himself. And I suppose that'll take us on the sacko, but. You know, I'm just just in general. We got Emre Chan, didn't we, from Germany? So you know, obviously that was one. But I think that was Sammy Hippie inspired because he's he's obviously managed them, hadn't he? So he he'd give us a little, you know, the heads up on him how good he was or potentially how good he could be. Um, in the past, we did look at that Ter Stegen who, who ended up at Barcelona. So it's like anything else, isn't it? If Barcelona after a goalkeeper the same way as Liverpool are. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, he's going to choose Barcelona over Liverpool. Um, but we're also being interested in that Julian Brandt as well, you know, the uh, the young kid at Leverkusen. Yeah. So it's not as though we don't look at that market. Um, but, you know, Emre well, Chan's the only one that we've really bought. So, you know, it's one of them, isn't it? It's like, the, you're quite right in what you're saying. I mean, obviously, in Brendan Rodgers' tenure so far, there's been like a a few funny signings where you think, has he signed them or has it been the committee? Mm. You know, even even last summer, you know, you, you're looking at like the, the fact that we signed Iago Aspas and Luis Alberto and 
are they really Brendan Rodgers type signings? I mean, you know, you've got to think, are they committee signings? Do you know what I mean? It's, it's a little bit unclear. I mean, Brendan Rodgers is part of that committee, don't forget. Yeah. But obviously, because there's a, there's a few of them, it, it all goes to a vote, doesn't it? So it is quite complicated, really, and it's difficult to get your head around. But there is some mysterious deals that go, go on. I mean, if Brendan Rodgers had his way, though, Liverpool would probably have Ashley Williams playing centre-half for us. So. <laughs> Yeah, that Depends is what you want to distrust the most the committee or Brendan Hodges. That is a worry, Jay. I, I, one of those players in that category you were talking about is is Mamadou Sacco, and with his recent troubles now, of course, the story's starting to, to to circulate a little bit of rumble about you know, you know, even perhaps uh, departure at the next window. Um, it, do you think there's anything to that? <coughs> you know, Sacco, he, he saw he, he divides opinion so much with Liverpool fans because. You get some Liverpool fans who just think he's he's our best defender, he's this big beast and he's fantastic, he, he's great for France. So all of a sudden, because he's great for France, that means automatically he's great for Liverpool as well. Now, to be honest with you, I've never been 100% convinced by him. I just think when he first came, I put the term of, he's like Jimmy Traore on steroids. I just, I'm never convinced by him. I just think he... He, he looks nervous to me on the ball and maybe that's just the way he is and apparently he comes out high on all the passing stats and what have you but I think it's clear to see Brendan Rodgers doesn't really think he's as good as what certain Liverpool fans believe he is either and his, his opinion matters the most because he's ultimately the one that picks the team um, I think let's be honest none of our centre-halves have performed very well have they over the period of time that Sacco's been at the club I mean Colo Torrey's got loads of mistakes in him Scales just like, you know, let's be honest, he's very rash, isn't he? And he, he pulls people in the box, he's all over people in the box, he's very clumsy. And Lovren's had a terrible start to his Liverpool career. Um, so it's difficult, isn't it? Because out of all four of the centre-halves we've got currently to choose from, none of them are convincing really, are they? But I just think the person whose opinion matters the most is Brendan Rodgers, and it's quite clear to see. That scale and Lovren, the two that he really fancies, and Sacco's not there as the main one, and it, it does it does really wrangle with a lot of Liverpool fans. A lot of Liverpool fans are really disappointed in that fact because they do think Sacco's the best defender we've got. But like I say, what happened recently, um, you know, it's it's. I got told in training before that game there was they had a problem in training between Rodgers and Pasco, and it, it was a build up from that, and then obviously he was left out of the team. But then it came out that he had a, he had an injury, and then you're thinking to yourself, surely to God that's not the bus. That's not true. He hasn't got an injury at all. But he wasn't called up to the French squad, was he? So he clearly has got some sort of problem. But um, you know, he's not going to be happy, is he? Because let's be honest, he's in the team, and then he's out the team, and it's, he's probably looking at it thinking, all these other centre halves are they any better than me? He probably believes in his own ability, and he thinks he's the best centre half that we've got, but. For me, he's made mistakes as well, and it's difficult to say, isn't it? Because I mean, from my point of view, it's it's up to Brendan Rodgers ultimately. But I do think he divides opinion, and as regards of maybe being sold in January, I think we'd leave ourselves short if we sold him because the amount of players that we've we've got loads of centre halves like Cotes is out on loan, Elori's out on loan. But but ultimately, if we let Sacco go, we'd leave ourselves short. So I can't see it myself, but. What what got me was when we signed Sacco, we were told where me and Abe was coming out saying he is like a marquee signing. 
But I was thinking, is Uzi trying to keep here? Because it's quite clear that Brendan Rodgers is never being convinced by him. Yeah. Uh, Jay, before I go to the lads on this, because I want to talk to them about that too, please tell me that story that you heard about the bust up was actually between Rodgers and Pascal, because that would be just brilliant. <laughs> I don't I don't know the exacts of it but apparently something happened in in the training uh, session before that game Fantastic. Basically it, was a, it was a fallout about Sacco I don't think it was Pascal and Rod's fallout. I think it was a disagreement with Sacco right. and it involved them too all right, okay. Did, did Pascal want the shorts? I just, that's what I was hoping. <laughs> I was just hoping it was a shorts based <laughs> argument. Uh, Neil, uh, would you be sorry to see um, uh, Sacco go if, if if this thing does go to come to a head, or do you think it's all nonsense? Well, I'd be sorry to see him go from the point of view of that we're very shorts at centre halves anyway. I mean, there's a fundamental problem with recruitment there with the centre halves and people that have come in since Rogers has been there. I mean, none of them were up to standard. Like Jay was saying there, he was supposed to be. <clears throat> Excuse me, he was supposed to be a marquee signing. I do the inverted commas things there at my fingers again. That's good, yeah. Um, he never was. I mean, he's not conv- he hasn't convinced me from the start. I mm. don't find him at all convincing. And everybody, the throwaway comment seems to be, oh, sure, he's great for France. I watched the World Cup the same as everybody. He wasn't ex- exactly exceptional for France either. I just think there's an undercurrent of panic when he's in possession. Um, he doesn't fill me with confidence whatsoever. And it's in, having said that, we can't let him go because we're badly, there's no cover there. We need that all. panic. Yeah, no, but sure, what do we do if Skirtle gets injured, Sacco comes out, I'm missing it's, it's, uh, he's not, it's not getting any better, but that's all we have. I mean, there's nothing yeah. else there. Yeah. So it's a, you well, can't let him go until there's someone to replace him. I'm on the other side of the fence. I rate Sacco. Mm. I think he's our, I, I do think he's our best centre back. And I think the Lovren Sacco combination was our best centre back combina- combination. I think the goal's against Show, right? Now, I do think Skirtle and Lovren. As we said in the when in the reviews that we were talking about it was is that he is they showed a bit more form over the last two games, but at the same time I had more confidence in Sacco and Lovren purely because Sacco reads the game better than Skirtle reads the game and was starting to cover for Lovren more than that's that Skirtle covers for Lovren purely on on a, on, a, on a partnership basis the way that you want centre backs to play with right. I do think that Sacco hasn't played near the form that he has displayed for France and. I watched like I watched France in, in the qualifying and in even in the in the um, the the actual qualifiers that got them there and Sacco scored the goals that you know th- th- that sent them on their way. So I think you know th- th- there's a bit of there's a bit of belief as well. If you if if Sacco believes he's the main man, he's probably less likely to feel nervous on the pitch because there's an, another thing. If you're a force name down on the team sheet, you feel that you're in in a way the leader of the defence, etc. etc. That's going on, and that's Lovren. It's not Sacco. It's not scared. Lovren is the force name on that team sheet, so he's the leader of the defence essentially of, of that back four mm. and Lovren is as bad of a panic merchant as Sacco is you know what I mean when I, when I look at Lovren I'm, I'm looking at him and I'm, I'm looking and I'm saying where is the upgrade on Daniel Lager in, in Daniel Lager's last season and I don't see it now I'm not saying that Lovren's a bad defender I think Lovren has a fatal error in, in every single game I think Skirtle has a fatal error in every single game and if you have two centre backs that have fatal errors in every single game as I said earlier on you're going to concede goals and I think in a way the mismatch in the two of their, of their styles is a bigger issue than, say, Sacco and Lovren, who are both proactive, both attacking defenders. That, and that's, that's where I stand on it. But I do think Sacco has now put himself into a, into a corner where he's also created a narrative that if he wants to get out of the club, he has it in January because he can just say, well, I'm not getting a game. I didn't come here to sit on Liverpool's bench when I was sitting on, on my hometown team's bench. 
And um, that's my biggest concern about it. Because again, things like this, if results aren't going your way, small little arguments can fester in dressing rooms and can become bigger issues. And that's, that's, that's where I see it going. Ray, is he part of the best blend that we have, Sacco? Well, yeah, for me, yeah. I, I, I can understand everyone picking out. He does have that thing where it almost seems like he needs another touch on the ball, but it's not as though we're gifted with a lot of centre-halves there that are, are, are great ball carriers and yeah. take the ball out. He's the best passer we have there. Um, that, that's his only down point. I can't see any other down point other than the fact he, 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 he seems to take a, a couple of seconds longer than he should with touches on the ball. Yeah. Um, it's, it's passing nine times out of ten finds a man. He wins headers. He's. He, I don't see. I can understand the, the, this thing about him looking slightly nervy or edgy. But my God, what are we putting him up against? Or who are we judging him off here? Because the other two are, are aren't up to much either. You know. Yeah. We want the defender to defend. That's like he's he's the best we've got. If you ask me. I yeah. think the problems are a little bit more deep-rooted or more fundamental than just our two centre halves being a problem. I mean, I think your two centre halves and your goalkeepers should work in tandem or work as a tree and if one part of that tree isn't operating to its full potential then the whole thing falls down. I mean, their two centre-halves get their confidence from a goalkeeper and vice versa. Mm. I mean, your goalkeeper should be an authority behind you and he should be like as a, in a management position, I suppose, in behind his defence and that's not happening. Um, if you have a goalkeeper behind you who's going to instill confidence and he's going to do his job to the best of his ability and do it correctly, then your centre-halves, there's less of a panic around the place. And I think that's prob- that's a fundamental problem there as well. I can't think all the blame can be laid at the centre-halves. I think there's an element of, of Sacco and, and uh, Lovren possibly <clears throat> playing better as a partnership as well if Valdez was in goal. He's going to have a natural starting point of probably 10, 15 yards further forward than where Mignolet tends to position himself. Um, and they want to press high. They want to play as a, as a, a high back four. And you can see that Manquillo and Moreno are well capable of it as well. I think... As Phil pointed out there earlier on, it's hard to do that with Skirtle. Even though we do attempt it, it's hard to do it with Skirtle because he doesn't provide the cover for his centre-half partner. And therefore, what you leave yourself with is if we get caught with that ball in behind Lovren and there's no cover from Skirtle, you're leaving a forward with fucking 40 yards one-on-one with with Mignolet. And at this moment in time, you're not really... You know, putting your money on Mignolet to, to do the business there either. Yeah. If if you're playing with with Valdez and Sacco, Sacco's given the cover to Lovren, and uh, Valdez is quicker off his line, or he's further. His starting position is is closer to the play than what Mignolet's naturally would be as well. Where you benefit from that? That would be my thinking on it. Nice pause, uh, Jay. Just to finish us out on that, then um, is going forward is is for you is Sacco part of the of the the best duo that we have there? Like I say, it's very difficult, isn't it? Because I mean, I'm not convinced by all four of them. I, I just think it's a, it, it's it's horrible, really, because you're looking at the defence and you're thinking last season the amount of goals we conceded, it was ridiculous, and ultimately it cost us the title for me. You go on a bar, you can go on a bar, Gerard slip and what have you know. Henderson being sent off and missing three games towards the end. But when you concede over 50 goals, it's it's not good enough. Like, and and we, we, we shine Lovren in the summer to sort of like come in and try and solve a few problems. And it's not really worked out, has it? I mean, I, I like the two full-backs, but as regards choosing your, your best pairing, I really don't know. It's anyone's guess. I mean, I'm sure you could probably ask like 50 different people and you probably get like quite a lot of different responses because... You know, ultimately, it, it's what what you do. I mean, none of them are good enough for me. And it, I've never, ever been a fan of Shaku. I've got to be honest about it. I've, I've never been a massive fan of him. And, and I'm, ba- I'm baffled by some of the, 
the, the opinions that Liverpool fans have on him because I just think I'm yet to see it in a red shirt. He, he may well be good for France and he's got better players around him there. Obviously, he's got Varane as new play centre-half for him. It's fine. But when it comes to Liverpool, my heart's always in my mouth when he's on the ball and I, and I take on board about his passing accuracy and all that. But I just think he, he just looks like he's gonna he's nervous all the time in possession. And, and as I say, it, it might be down to the system. It might be down to because... There's no confidence in behind him because Mignolet is pretty poor. Even in front, there's no protection in front of the back, the back line because you know, Gerrard's playing, isn't he, there? And he, let's be honest, he's, he's not the best, is he? He's playing as a whole midfield player. So unless Liverpool signed a proper defensive midfield player to protect the back the back two, I, don't, I really don't know. It's a difficult one to assess. But I think like when, when you're looking at it with Lovren, I, I find him baffling because... He's right-sided, but he prefers to play on the left side as a left-sided centre-half. It's it's just it's nuts, isn't it? You know, you would think, wouldn't you, really? Lovren to be the right side and Sacco to be the left side. But for some reason, it appears to me that Brendan Rodgers seems to fancy Scale and Lovren. And obviously, he's got this affection towards Scale because maybe it's because he's the most experienced centre-half we've got. He's been at the club the longest and... Maybe that plays a part in it, I really don't know. But to me, it seems like Shaco's down a pecking order. Jay, as ever, thanks a million for your thoughts, mate. Okay, couple of questions in from uh, listeners. Rawr. Rawr. Subject topics, stroke questions. First one's Wayne Fox-Jones. And Wayne wonders, he says, I always have fried rice and curry from the Chinese across from the club shop pre-match. Do you have any, <laughs> Steve-O, <laughs> do you have any food superstitions? It really sounded like you said Wayne fucks Jones there, so I was a bit thrown off. I'm not going to lie. Totally apologise um, for, for that, Wayne. Apology, sorry. Wayne Fox Jones. Um, <laughs> do I have any pre-game superstitions? No. Um, well, it was food sp- superstitions oh, specifically. Lots of food superstitions. It was pre-match or just in yeah, go on. I like to, if I get a curry and chips... <clears throat> I like to eat all my chips and dunk them into the curry sauce before I touch the chicken. Okay, I'm not one of these men, bit of chicken, bit of chips. So this has nothing chicken, to do with the football, this is just how you're superstitious no, 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 about how you eat your food. It's nothing to do with, if we eat my food this way, the football will go a certain way. It's just, yeah. just, no, no, no. no, you, no, can, no. you can bring it back to the football superstition. Is this, some, uh, is this part something to do with football? Or? <laughs> 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 it's fucking ridiculous. Because <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't been for the last year or so. <laughs> <laughs> Why start now? No, I've no I've no pre-game superstitions at all, be it food superstitions or anything else. I just go watch the match and fuck off home have you any other qu- little quirks <coughs> there about the way you eat your curry chips anything, anything else like that ooh let me think do you leave uh, the meat to last in the dinner or anything silly like that uh, sometime no 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 not not by I did go through a stage where I put everything on bread and I mean <laughs> fucking everything I'm not even joking I'm talking like lasagna sandwiches chicken curry and rice um, yep. basically anything that arrived on my plate for dinner Went on to two slices of bread, and I just—that's just, that's just Irish, though, isn't it? The Irish just—you just make just a sambo out of fucking everything. Like don't you? My granddad no, actually, used, my yeah. granddad used to eat Swiss roll sandwiches. That was fucking weird. What was in? And what <laughs> was, what, what was between the, the two slices of Swiss, Swiss roll? More Swiss roll. That's just three no. pieces as well. It was a slice of bread. Bread, with Swiss bread roll either the side of the Swiss roll. Oh, good. Wow. Yeah, that's impressive. Posh, right. You're very posh. What's that? Oh, yeah. I have to try that. That sounds good to me. I'm, I'm, I'm having a go of it. That's a, what, proper, that's a proper two o'clock in the morning Saturday 
I'll try the Swiss roll. And the <laughs> Why not? And the that, that Swiss roll is a bit stale. Stick it in bread, it'll be grand. <laughs> <laughs> Dip it in your tea. Yeah. <laughs> Make it soft again. Uh, Ray, any, any match related or, or, or food superstitions? Um, no, yeah, well, I'd be lying if I said, no, I'd, I'd find myself if I'm wearing a certain jersey or t-shirt and we, we, we get a decent result, I'll go looking for that said same t-shirt Will you, will you keep, jersey, it, keep yeah, it on going? Yeah, 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 yeah. What about you, Neil? Any superstitions? Absolutely not, no, none. None. No. You just. Uh, no, sorry, I'm only like taking the piss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, to be honest, I haven't got any superstitions. Sure, if I had, I'd be doing them all the time. Sure, I'd never leave the house. Yeah, yeah. Because at the minute, Liverpool, I shit. So if I had any superstitions, I'd want to ditch them. Yeah. So no, I haven't. No. Well, that's brilliant. I'm glad we got no to the bottom problem. of that. Yeah, yeah, thanks, yeah. thanks for uh, your, the. I figured out honesty. my jinx. What's your jinx? I haven't been wearing the, the right hoodie to the games. What's the right hoodie? I can't find anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe just stop going to games. Yeah. Just it out there. That's a good superstition. If I go to the game. Yeah. Yep. That's it. I do have a superstition actually come to think of it. Are you... Yeah, I don't like to be all this texting and WhatsApp and during the match. That does my brain in. I don't know what you guys to be doing. Would you not just watch that's the match? That's not really no? a superstition though. That's more but of that's an why annoyance. We're, this, is, if this has only that's happened true. this year and we're doing shit. Yeah, but so just stop it and we'll be fine. It hasn't just no, happened you, this you year. Happened all around. Around. No, but for Flash, me, you just weren't part of the gang. <laughs> right, but that's it. Oh, but then I ain't got all my way here. Johnny <laughs> 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 made it over to that door. <laughs> Brilliant flounce, that. Brilliant flounce. Uh, Neil, I'll come back to you. Barry Carr's one of us. What's the word? <laughs> <laughs> He's Neil! 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 <laughs> <laughs> Neil, Barry's one of us. What's the worst thing you've ever received, apart from a good beating? <laughs> What's the worst thing you've ever received? I can't say, just worst in case my mammy be listening to I suppose it, there's nothing as bad as a kick in the stone, sure, doesn't it? That's the worst thing I uh, think I ever happened to me, yeah. Kick in the stone. I'm still waiting on that fella to come back down. There's no sign of him. That was when I was 14. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we just have to wait and see. Maybe he actually only had the one. And one massive one. <laughs> That's why I mean, no. <laughs> Steve, any, any bad gifts over the years? <sighs> Fucking bad gifts. Yeah, probably loads of them. Um, probably should have talked through this answer. Thanks, Steve. up as he goes along. Just to finish with some admin then. Irish listeners who like to play football should come and do so here at Astro Park. You can book your pitch time at astropark.ie. On our website, lfcdaytrippers.com, we have lots of cool stuff at the moment, fantastic articles from some fine writers, and there's always competitions there for you to take part in as well. There's a day trip coming up on November the 1st, where LFC fans from all over the country are heading to Waterford for an overnight in the Dooley Hotel. We're going to be there, we'll be recording something on the day, and we'll want to get involved. So if you do want to join us, get on to YNWA Irish Reds, and keep an ear out for our next Anfield FM show. The site has details on how you can access that station. Your day trippers tonight were Jay Riley, Stephen Daly, Neil Gray, Ray Brady, Phil Casey and myself, Trev Downey. Stop.
stop. You wanted it that much, <laughs> and then when it got down to it, she was changing gear in a Renault 4. Stop it, you're going to... Yeah, so that's that's about the worst thing I've ever seen. For received. younger listeners, a Renault 4 was an old car that couldn't change gear very easily. Postman <laughs> <laughs> Pat drove a Renault 4. Pat Jennings drove one. <laughs> With his hands out the sunroof. You want to see Pat no, having a wink? Pat Jennings having a wink in a Renault 4. <laughs> and this love passing me out the turbo car. <laughs> Attention Social Security and SSI recipients. If you did not receive an economic impact payment for your eligible spouse or dependents, you may need to file a 2020 tax return with the IRS and claim the recovery rebate credit. Go to ssa.gov EIP to see if you need to file a tax return and if eligible for other refundable tax credits, like the child tax credit. That's ssa.gov slash EIP. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Sports Social Podcast Network.